Give TJ another hand tonight. Amen. See, he mentioned something there that is it's all true, but something in particular that he mentioned there is so often we want to live from one good service to another instead of living in the victory that God has won and attained for us. And, you know, I, I, I found myself asking, asking myself this question this week, Brother Chris, was do I desire to serve Christ for who He is and what He's done for my life? Or do I serve Him just because I want Him to continually to serve me? Do I follow Him just so He can serve me? Because what has happened in the Western church, in the American church, is we have in our minds that there is a God that serves us continually, continually. And I want you to know that it's not, I'm not saying that God's not faithful, God's not doing things, but He's already done things. Everything in His Word is established. It is done. It is finished. But all He asks of us is you can have all these promises, you can have all these things if you will but serve Me. And so often we, we find ourselves looking to God to serve us when everything that, that we need is already attained by His blood, by the shedding of His blood. We just need to simply serve Him and walk after Him. Amen. If you will, turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23. Over the weekend... Brother Ely began to speak about the cave of Abdullam. And it got my, my mind thinking. And yesterday in prayer, I, the Lord dropped this in my spirit for you tonight. And I, I'm going to encourage you tonight. But I'm also going to challenge you tonight. I'm going to read in verse 9 and 10 just two quick verses for you. And in here, we're finding that the writer here is telling us about David's mighty men. David's mighty men that came to him in the cave of Abdullah. And we're reading about one in particular tonight named Eleazar. And it says in verse 9, and after him, and in the verse previous, it's talking about Adino, and, and it says here in verse, verse, verse number 9, And after him, Eleazar, the son of Dudu, I, I bet he wished he had a different name, the son of Dudu, Ahohite, one, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines, what that word necessarily means is they provoked the Philistines, when they provoked the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, the men of Israel were gone away. And he rose, turn to your neighbor and say, he got up. And he smote the Philistines and until his hand was weary and his hand claved unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to spoil. 
Let's pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for your word and its anointing. We thank you for what Brother TJ had to share with us tonight. Lord, he was challenging us not to just stay where we are, but to go out. And Lord, I, I, I want to challenge us as we go out, Lord, to continue to fight the good fight of faith. And Lord, I ask that your anointing would be present in this house in a great and mighty way. And let us be encouraged by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says... Amen. So again, in this, this text here, we're talking about David's mighty men. There was 400 people. Brother Ely talked about it on Sunday night. There was 400 people that came to David in the cave of Abdullam. They, they were men and, and women that, that the Bible truly describes. They, they were people that were in debt. They were people that were distressed. They were people that were discontented. They were people that were afraid and hiding. They were people that were ashamed. There was literally civil war going on in their country. They were misplaced. They were refugees. They had no, no certain future in the cave of Adullam. But, but we know in, in reading this scripture that they eventually obviously get out of the cave of Adullam. David becomes king. He reigns for 40 years and does great things in the kingdom of Israel, does great things for the Lord. But I want us to take a closer look at this portion of scripture tonight because I want you to understand that Israel provoked the Philistines into battle. It, it really, when you break, in, break it down into the Hebrew word, they, they really initiated the battle is what that, that, that word really means, is they caused and taunted the, the Philistines into battle. And Israel's movements caused a reaction from their enemy. Okay, I want you to catch that real quick. Is their movements provoked the enemy to attack. I will, I will tell this a hundred times over. I have never seen spiritual warfare on a level in my life like I have seen in the last year to year and a half. Pastor, I believe, will agree with this. There has been a total bombardment of the enemy, but the reason the enemy is provoked uh, is because through COVID and through many things, I believe there is, there's been a remnant of the church that has awakened and realized uh, that we cannot remain as we are. We cannot remain in the situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, there is a remnant of people, and many of you, if not all of you know this tonight, that we understand that America needs the church. I'm not talking about just another church with a, a name on it. I'm talking about they need the church. The blood-bought saints of the living God. They need us to be who we're called to be. But, but the provoking uh, and the movements, the strategic movements of the children of Israel caused the enemy to attack them. But the Bible says that Eleazar and the Israelites uh, are in the middle of the battle here in verse 9. And, and they are engaged with the Philistines in battle. But something begins to happen in the middle of the battle. Eleazar begins to look around and realize uh, that his men are leaving the battlefield. 
that they are sick and tired of the fight. They don't feel like it is achievable. And I will tell you this today. I will tell you this with with assurance. Uh, There are people that believe uh, that we will never see an outpouring in this nation ever again. There are people that believe uh, that the church is out of the equation. There are people that believe uh, that the church is breathing its last breaths and that it will be nothing in 10 to 15 years, if not sooner. There are people that believe uh, that this battle, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the world. I know what the world thinks. Uh, I'm talking, there are saints of God uh, that believe uh, that there is no hope uh, because they've listened to the lies of the enemy uh, and they've looked all around and they thought that this battle seems uh, too hard to win. Uh, This seems impossible to overcome. This is an obstacle. Uh, Many believe that that when, and I'm just going to be very, very bold with you tonight. Many believe when our guy didn't get the White House uh, that it was over. uh, That because we didn't have the right man in there, God couldn't move. Uh, Listen, I want you to know that God moves uh, when there's greater opposition. Why? Uh, Because it brings his people into alignment uh, and they'll say, guess what? I know I need to do something. Uh, And just as Brother TJ was talking about tonight, uh, what he was trying to commission us as believers to do uh, is that that there is action required of us. Uh, We cannot just continually come into service, uh, have a good service and say, oh, that was good. I love good services. Uh, I love when the Spirit of God moves. Uh, But I want you to realize something that you already know, but it's so hard uh, in our flesh to comprehend uh, that this building uh, is just a gathering place uh, and that you are the church uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, We are the vessel. Uh, We are the warriors. Uh, We are the soldiers that God has called uh, to do something in this hour. Uh, But there are people that are so discouraged, uh, that are so overcome with fear and weariness. uh, They believe that I can't go on uh, fighting anymore. Uh, And they're leaving the battlefield. Uh, Now now, now what happens uh, is Eleazar sees uh, that they're leaving the battlefield uh, and he he has to make a decision, Pastor. In that moment, the, the Bible tells us in the next verse, in verse 10... He arose. So if he arose, that meant he was knocked down. He was, he was down in the battle. Everybody has left him in the battle. And Brother Chris, in that moment, he has to make a decision. Am I going to fight or am I going to run? Am I going to stay here and do what I know is right? Or am I going to be like everybody else? Is the church, and I want to say the Pentecostal church, going to do something in the day? and hour that we're living in? Are we just going to be like every denomination? It's not really about a denomination. But here's here's what it gets me with Pentecost. Is we say, oh, we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have the evidence. We have all the signs. But yet they're absent. I talked about it last week. That we're really, what is going on in the Pentecostal church in America is false advertisement. We're masquerading around, acting like we have 
have something uh, that others do not, but yet we refuse uh, to come to the place of surrender uh, where we can be used in that place. Uh, Why? Because we're afraid of what everybody else will think. Uh, We're afraid of what everybody else is doing. Uh, We're consumed with what's going on in the battle. Uh, But Eleazar said, I have to make up in my mind, uh, am I going to be like everyone else in the church? Uh, The Israelites are the people of God. Uh, We've been grafted in. Uh, We're adopted Jews, if you will. Uh, So the children of God, uh, the church in this nation, uh, have a decision to make. Uh, Are you going to fight? Uh, Are you going to flight? Uh, Will you run and quit praying and fasting uh, and saying this is too hard? Uh, The adversary's too strong? Uh, Are we going to make up in our minds uh, that we're going to pick up the word of God and we're going to fight? We've got some decisions to make. We've got some choices to make. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 144 and 1. He's asking the Lord. He said, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My hands to war, my fingers to fight. Listen, I know you mamas, something happened to your children. You would fight. But I want, I want you to understand, you may have children in the natural, but there's children all around this city that need a spiritual mother. And God is wanting us, men and women alike, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, can we fight with such tenacity for them as we would fight for our own children? Could the burden be so great on our life uh, that like Eleazar would do in verse 10, uh, he rose up, he got up. uh, He said, I'm not staying like I am. Uh, I'm going to do the right thing. Uh, And the Bible says he got up and he began to smote. Okay, smote. It's a different word than we would use now. But here, Brother Wade, when you break down that word, one, 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 one translation for that word can mean to punish. Brother Chris, what does that have to do with anything? Uh, The Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm sick and tired of my church, of my church, the people of God playing games with the adversary. He said, what does that mean? He said, when are you going to punish your adversary? When are you going to make up in your mind that I'm not just going to to just kick at the devil and say, get away from me, get away from my family? And when are you going to take authority over your family and say, listen, devil, you have no place in my life, in my family, in my children's lives. You have no place in my church. You have no place in this house. You have no place in this community. When are you going to punish the enemy for what he has done to you. I'm getting excited here. Say, what does that have to do with anything? No punish. That sounds aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's aggressive. But it's about time we went on offense. And stop waiting for the attacks to come and start meeting them head on because we've provoked this fight. How have we provoked this fight? Because we are anointed of God. And when the anointing's on your life, uh, you will provoke the enemy to attack you. 
But yet we're continually blindsided. Oh, the enemy, 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 the enemy. And he's saying, when will you punish your enemy? My Bible tells me that when the serpent lied to Eve and Adam, God punished him, cursed him. When will we get the spiritual tenacity to say, I'm not dealing with this anymore? When will we possess the spiritual tenacity to say, I'm going to stand when all else runs away? I want to give you something here tonight. Eleazar, he rises up. You see, Eleazar came from a cave. He was in the cave of Abdullah. He was distressed. He was in debt. He was discontented. He was unsatisfied with how things were. And, and Sister Melissa, I, I just I can almost hear him. Eleazar saying in that moment, picking himself up off the ground, seeing that nobody else is around him, and making up in his mind saying, I'm not going back to the cave. I'm not going back to that pit. I'm not going back to the shame. I'm not going back to the depression. I'm not going back to the anxiety. And he says, I'm going to fight. And he picks up his sword and he's standing alone. Listen, I want, you to, I, I, I want to preach to you this tonight. Though none go with me. Though none go with me. If nobody else is there to fight with you, would you fight for your children? If nobody else is there to sing, to swing the sword, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 and 17 that, that the sword is the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Does anybody have a word from God uh, that they can continue to swing uh, and fight? Uh, and the Bible says that his hand grew so weary. Uh, really what happened is his hand cramped uh, around the sword. He couldn't let go of the sword. Uh, and he said, I'm just going to swing what God has given me uh, until Victory comes forth. Uh, I'm not going to be moved like everybody else. Uh, I'm not going to go back to the things uh, that were like everybody else. Uh, I'm not going to live and allow my nation uh, to live in the way they're living. Uh, but I'm going to stand uh, even if I have to stand by myself. Uh, and I'm going to swing the word of God. Uh, I'm going to let people know uh, that I'm anointed, that I'm called, that I'm set apart. Uh, not that I'm super special or I've done anything to deserve this uh, but God has given me what I need uh, and I'm not letting go uh, until there is victory uh, in my community and in my family and in my church the Bible says his hand claved to the sword claved to it when you break down that word it means it almost became joined to him he was not removed from it. When are we going to get so consumed with the Word of God that it is joined to us? It's who we are. What that means is that sword became part of Him. It became an extension of His own body. You know, in, in ancient cultures, if they'll come to the music, I'm not going to go much longer. 
in ancient cultures, there's one in particular. Everybody has different swords, Pastor. Every, every ancient culture has different swords. But there's one, one culture in particular that took special care of their swords, and their swords meant something spiritual. And it was in Japan. Japan, they, they had ancient warriors that we, we call samurai. And they lived by a code called Bushido. And pastor, they believed that their sword, in, in, in their sword, li, sword lied, the, lied the key to their soul. And they never, they never, Brother Dan, they never went anywhere without this on their person. It was shameful to put it away. And when they fought, they would fight to the last man. And, and this, this sword became an extension of their body. They had to work with it every day. It was required by their, their code. They had to work with their sword every day. Not only carry it on their person, but they had to exercise it every day. Church, do we exercise what God has given us every day? Even if we're alone. There's some of you in this house tonight, you're in a room full of people, but you feel alone. Here's what I want you to know. If you will just but stand and swing. God, you told me I could have my children. You told me I could have my children. You told me I could have my grandchildren. God, young people may be praying. That, God, you told us we could have revival. God, you told us there was more than this. And Eleazar, his name literally means God has helped. And this became not only a weapon, but part of who he was. And he just swung. And he punished the enemy. He held off an entire army by himself. He just kept swinging. Was Eleazar perfect? No. Was Eleazar, it doesn't say that he was smooth with his sword, that he was cunning with his sword. It doesn't say that he was the best soldier. I believe he was truly a mighty man of God. Why? Because what, he, he did what Paul would later write about in Ephesians 6, uh, that when you've done all to stand, just stand. He said, I'm just going to keep swinging. What made him a mighty man of God? What will make you a mighty woman of God? What would make you a mighty young person of God? It's not your resume. It is your willingness not to give up. Giving up is not an option in the time we're in. The Bible tells us that, that John Mark went to travel with Paul. And, 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 and when times got tough, John Mark couldn't handle it. And Paul said, Go home. Well, really, John Mark got scared and left on his own accord. Paul said, I don't have need of people like that. What we need is people that are going to say, I may have provoked the enemy, and the enemy may come and attacking me, and everybody may leave. Guy, listen. I'll tell you this right now. Every, if you put your trust in people, they will fail you. You see, Eleazar thought, 
well, I, I, got, I got my army, I got my army. But when, what happens when they're all gone? What happens when you're home alone at night? Pastor can't sing, swing the sword for you. I, I, young people, I can't go home at, 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 at night with you and just wave this over your bed all night. Because one, that would be weird. And two, that's just really weird. But I can't fight your battles for you. And many of you, again, you feel like you're in the youth group or you're in this church and you feel like you're all alone even though you're surrounded by people. Nobody knows the fight I'm in. None of that mattered to Eleazar. He said, I have to do something. I have what I need. I have what I need. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 14, Judas shows up in the garden and verse 50 of that chapter says, everyone left him. In that moment, Jesus had the greatest opportunity to become the greatest victim of all time. Everybody left me. They're beating on me, Chris. They said they're going to kill me. He had every right to call those angels. Brother Michael, he had a way out. Eleazar, he could have done what everybody else did. But Jesus made up in his mind that Jaden Murray's sins were worth dying for. That Crystal McFarland's sins were worth dying for. And he made up in his mind, uh, just like Eleazar did in this moment, I'm not going to be a victim of my circumstance. Uh, I'm not going to be a statistic. Uh, I'm going to swing uh, the word. I'm going to plant my life uh, in what I know. Uh, and it is this sword. This is my life. Uh, it's part of me. And I'm going to fight. Will you fight even if you feel alone? Will you fight when all others forsake you? When you feel discarded and rejected? Listen, if I listened to every voice uh, that entered into my life, I wouldn't be here preaching to you tonight. Uh, I'd be at home sulking in my sorrows. Uh, and, and listen, uh, uh, last night uh, I come here praying. I was like, God, this is going on. That, And he came to me and he said, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You're not a victim. I've won the victory for you. And start acting like you're victorious uh, and swing the sword. Preach. Stop reminding yourself of all your insecurity. Eleazar was not, he, he was just a nobody. He was in debt. He was distressed. Uh, he was discontented. Uh, but then there was a king uh, that poured into his life. Uh, and he said, now nah, I got some boldness now. Uh, I've got what I need now. Uh, I can fight now. I can stand on my own now. Uh, and he began to fight. So church, where are we? If you're alone and you're fighting and you feel like you can't make it, I want you to know just keep fighting. Eleazar was weary. But it was almost prophetic. He was weary, but it's almost like he could hear what, what, the, what the Apostle Paul was saying. Uh, don't be weary in well-doing. 
you will reap in due season if you faint not. Something in him, Sister Mary said, there's still victory here. There's still victory here. There's still victory here. You don't have to keep dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with. There's victory here. Listen, the enemy has come after your joy. I've seen it in our young people. He's come after their joy. He's tried to wear you out with the things of this life. He's tried to wear me out with the things. It's so easy to get busy. But he clave. His hand clave. He said, I'm not letting go. I'm going to pick myself up. I'm not a victim. I don't care if everybody else left me. I'm going to fight. 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 Punish your enemy. Punish your enemy. If you stand with me across this house tonight. I want to tell you a little story about my title tonight. Though none go with me, Pastor, and many of you know, it comes from a song. The song is, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Does anybody know how that song was written? The song was written by an Indian missionary in the late 1800s. And he wrote it about an early Christian in a mountainous area of India. And some missionaries came from America and they, they led this man and his family and his two sons, his, his wife and two sons, to the Lord. And Sister Crystal, the chief, heard about it because they, they began to witness. They were so excited to hear about this freedom. And the Holy Spirit was just all about their life. And they began to witness. They began to fight. But listen here. I've said it a few times tonight. When you begin to fight, you will provoke the enemy. And the chief hears about this and he's furious. And, and looking this up, Pastor, I mean, it just broke my chief was furious. Grabs his family together, puts them in the, the, the public epicenter of the, of, uh, of the village. And he's going to make them publicly deny Christ. And he comes to them and he, he says that he, the chief is, is just enraged. He's livid that they're following Christ. And he gets some archers in his tribe, some warriors in his tribe. and He has them stand behind him. and They're standing behind the chief. And the chief says, renounce your faith. Renounce your faith. And the chief says, if you don't renounce your faith, I'm going to kill your sons. I'm going to kill your two boys right in front of your eyes. And what happens... 
is when he, the father will not publicly renounce his faith. He tells them, they're begging him before we're going to kill your sons. He says, listen, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. They said the Holy Spirit came upon him as he said this and the archers draw back. They shoot his children. And, and, and the legend goes, the story goes, it's, not, it's a true story. And, and the story goes that his sons are, are twitching on the ground and they're dying. And the, the chief looks at him and he says, your wife is next if you do not denounce your faith in this Jesus. If you will not denounce your faith in this Jesus, I'm going to kill your wife. And he turns and he looks at his wife and he says, though none go with me or none will join me, I still will follow. They shoot his wife. His family's laying there dead and he said, this is your last chance to save your life. And he says, the cross is before me. The world is behind me. And for me, there is no turning back. And they kill him. And the chief is just caught up in this rage. And as he begins to calm down, something happens and the Spirit of the Lord begins to move. And he realizes that they had faith that he couldn't imagine. And he says, there's something real. And long story short, the chief gets saved. The entire village comes to Christ. Because one man stood in the gap. He said, even if I have to do it by myself, I'm going to fight. I'm going to ask you tonight, even if you had to do it by yourself, would you still serve Him? The Lord spoke to me. After Ezra passed away, In this church, Brother Wade, I was heartbroken. You know what that's like? I was heartbroken. God asked me one question. Do you love me more? Do you love me more? He said, that sounds harsh. And I went to scripture and he said, if you love father or mother, you're not worthy of me. You love son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. And what he was saying is, that sounds so harsh, that sounds so brutal. Is he saying, will you trust me? And I preached to these young people on a Wednesday night next door. We just became youth pastors. I preached a message, I love you more. Do you love him enough? And when you feel all alone, that you would still fight. Do you want to serve him or do you want him to serve you? Because he's already given you the victory. God has nothing more to give us. Serve him. Fight. Hey everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program 
has been just a great blessing to you. And I just uh, am so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.